Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. I'm grateful for your support. I am excited for tonight's topic because I think this topic really just kind of came by when I was driving. And in my mind, it was a clear winner. I had a few other topics that I might have recorded. And trust me, sometimes I record things, but I don't publish them. Um, I just sit and, and sit on them for, for a little while to see how I feel about them. But this one here, I have a good feeling about. I, I, I think anybody could use this one. And, um, and it's everything that is on these episodes is to help you with engaging a better quality of life. You are a participant in your life and you are the source of your relief. I never make you look too far to identify where your relief would begin. It's you. It's always been you. And I'm here to let you know that in every freaking episode. And this one is no different. So tonight's episode is about letting things fall apart. I know this is, <laughs> this is a little strange, but hear me out. Hear me out when I tell you this. A lot of the times we tend to resist things that come apart. And tonight I want to talk about some of the reasons why you need to let them come apart. And it's really meant to happen. What I mean about things that come apart, for example, let's say a work situation is getting so bad, but I'm still holding on and I'm just afraid to leave. But finally something happens where I get laid off or, you know, something does fall apart. And in this case, I I end up, you know, being laid off or whatever the case is or fired for that matter. Uh, you know, we want to, we want to uh, go with it. But a lot of us will resist it, right? We'll call a friend up. We'll talk about how he said this, she said that, this happened, and I knew this was going to happen, and bleh. And so, like, we create these stories, and it's not, we're not letting shit go. And why I need to, I need you to let it go, because there's a lesson in almost every time I am feeling a resistance. And you will start feeling it, not only emotionally, but physically. You'll start feeling a resistance, meaning you'll get tense. Your chest might tighten up. Uh, yeah, the tension is where, I, where people mostly feel it, I think. Uh, just your body, your headaches, knots start forming in your back, on your neck. You're not sleeping right. And all these things just, uh, just add up. Also to include, but not limited to, of racing thoughts, just thoughts that keep going on, fixations, obsessions throughout the day about what's going to happen, what's not going to happen, uh, but, you know, playing out details of situations until you just, I don't know what outcome you want to come up with, but you're going to try to figure one out. All of which is just a cause for eventually for us to uh, become sick, become ill. And I've seen it where to, to where we physically become ill, right? We can induce some interesting types of stress-induced diseases, right? Uh, and I've, we've all heard of individuals that have just been so stressed out that eventually induce some sort of significant type of disease. I remember there was one professor in my uh, graduate school that... Uh, was talking about getting, when he got his PhD, he ended up getting jaw cancer 
And he almost sounded like, you know, that's the price I had to pay. (laughs) And I'm laughing because I hear this so often. It never ceases to surprise me. Uh, it, it, I, every time I hear it, it's like our strong, you know, we get, we're going to have to work ourselves to illness or sickness or, or some sort of breakdown or insanity. And we kind of even say that in the story. When we tell other people, we say, you know, I just ended up having a breakdown and it was just too much. And like, there was no time to think about and prevent it from being a breakdown and prevent things from just getting worse. So there's kind of two components we're talking about. There's the external world here we're talking about and how you respond to it. That's the second component, how you respond to it. And so we want to make sure that you're looking at these things that are uh, trying to fall apart. And I'm trying to pull them back up and put them together, put band-aid on them, glue them. But you know, it's just, it just, it just will not stay put. It may be an indicator that things are off balance to begin with. And almost always, I definitely see it that way. I don't know what it is with years of doing this, working in this profession. I've discovered that when things fall apart, it is definitely in needed to have been broken apart. It's off balance to begin with. It, uh, it was maybe one person taking, one person uh, giving, 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 and, and nobody, there, no, there was no balance there. Eventually, whatever you're going to be taking a look at that's trying to fall apart will have the element of being off balance. The thing to keep in mind is that I just need you to step back. <laughs> when things are falling apart. But Tala, I mean, what if I, I, I need to do something about it? I get it. I get it. But you'll know, you'll know, uh, deep down inside, intuitively, you will know when something is out of your control if you ask yourself with honesty. Can I control any aspect of, of this or I'm done controlling this and I need to step back? And you will feel that intuitive nudge and it will tell you to step back. None of your business. I need you to start getting really, really good at this because uh, psychologically we need this in there because if we don't have this restraint, this sense of discipline or surrender, perhaps any of these words will will work for this. If we don't have any of that, what's going to end up happening is that we're just going to go and become go-getters and I'm just going to keep at it. Go keep at it because I just can't come up with a different outcome or even let another outcome happen besides the one I want. And oh boy, oh boy, we will really keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it until we just kind of, uh, I I don't know, corner ourselves into a little prison. For example, if a job that I keep applying to, this is maybe it's the same kind of job, right? And I really want this job. Let's say I'm a manager. I'm a manager. I want to be a manager. That's the job I had before. That's the only one I want. I don't want to get paid less. I don't want to, I I just don't want to be anything else but a manager. But let's say that that door keeps closing and it's just not opening. It's really not opening. We need to take the hint a lot sooner, friends, a lot sooner than we take the hints, right? Because by the time we have the breakdowns, by the time we are just irritable, we take it out on people or even take it out on ourselves. It, we, it's just gone too far. It's gone too far. We need to understand that part of life 
in general, accepting that life has its own terms and it will play out things, but ultimately it's for our highest good. I really have to plug this in there because if you don't believe that life is really for your highest good, then I don't know what you give credit to surviving this long. Uh, life has done us well, right? We have lived and we have had experiences, whether good, bad, ugly, we've had them. We've had them. We had the experiences that a physical body would have, the, the, the eating food, delicious meals, uh, possibly getting abused. We had all the ranges of experiences. And all of those are part of our life, our lifespan. And your story may be different from another story, but suffering is still part of our story as a humanity. And for us to think that suffering is not meant to happen, well, get ready because it does happen. But again, it happens, I promise you, for your highest good. Because whatever is going to take us to get out of suffering is going to be our golden ticket. And I've seen this happen a billion times where somebody breaks up or a divorce happens after years of being with this person and, and they've been done all sorts of wrong. And then they end up becoming freaking millionaires because they end up coming up with an idea they could have, they couldn't have possibly come up with while being married or being with that person. So that person, in a lot of ways kept them back right? Held them back from doing things that they wanted to do. And so the breakup had to happen. The suffering and the heartbreak had to happen for their highest good. And today I believe that fully. I don't, I don't resist as much as I used to. And, but I keep meeting situations in my life where I'm, ah, Tala, just go out and get it. You know, you want to, but I'm like, you know, I just know that if it's meant to happen, I do what I can and let the, let the universe, God, whatever you believe in handle the rest. That's good with me today. I don't push doors open like I used to. And I think psychologically that has helped me a lot. So this way I don't really let my ego tell me that I can do so much and I can accomplish so I can, I have to just keep at it and that I can get things to happen my way. Listen, most of the time I find out that I'm glad it didn't happen my way. I really think about it and I'm like, it's good. It's a good thing. It hasn't come out the way I wanted it because sometimes, you know, there are, most of the time, there are things that are out of my sight that are happening and out of my knowing or understanding. And that's good today. There is, there is a place in my ego that can make me believe that I could know every possible facet of every situation and I can just go, um, wild trying to chase that, but eventually it'll take me to anxiety, to depression, because I can't let it fall apart and I need to let it fall apart. It needs to be part of our language. We can't just expect things to always go well and go my way. And then if they don't go well or go my way, I throw a hissy fit the size of Texas. That emotionally becomes self-destructive, self-sabotaging. And I think this can get us to a place where we blame ourselves for why we don't get things. Why does this happen to me? And you see where this can go? Now, this can be spiritually dehydrating, mentally and emotionally dehydrating. We want to make sure that we nourish ourselves. We, 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 we fill our cup, but we can't do that 
if we don't balance ourselves out by understanding to let things fall apart when they need to fall apart. It is for our highest good. Always understand that. Even if it looks crazy in front of you, even if you're like, I don't know about this. It's <laughs> this, this is really pretty bad or whatever opinion you might have about what you're looking at. I promise you keep saying to yourself as a mantra over and over again, that it is for my highest good. I just trust it. It might look crazy in front of me. It might look unexpected, unexpected or even unwanted, but it is for my highest good. And even in situations where it's like, oh man, it's like losing a child or, and I've seen that. I've seen where patients had lost a child and it could even be their only child. And I, and I think to myself, could this also have, this suffering is also for their highest good. You know, even that we have to find the beauty within it. When I read literature about people that survive these extreme, extreme, uh, uh, events in their life, I, the most resilient ones often make meaning out of it. It helps to be of service to other people whether they start workshops on grief and loss, or they write a book that helps other parents that have lost their children. I've seen it in all sorts of ways that where people can take suffering, make meaning out of it, but we can't stay in self-pity too long. And I said the two important words here that I want people to really be aware of. The second you get into self-pity about the suffering that's happening in front of you, forget it. We can dwell on it forever. But if you get to self-pity, you're going to swim in it. And if we swim in it, then it's just like just a cyclical thing. I, I'm helpless because that's what self-pity does. And eventually I'm going to want to feel good. And because of that, I might justify stuff that I, I'm going to do that I don't think I would do if I didn't have such a low, low, low emotionally. And that really is from self-pity. I can't think of a more dangerous emotion, right, than self-pity. I think whole big rehab programs are built on this one concept of don't even bother going in self-pity territory because eventually you're going to end up falling off the wagon. Today is a very important discussion. This here is meant to be like a, a shakeup for you to wake up if you have that around you. If you are in a place where it's such a low emotional space, probably you are inflicted with some self-pity. And there's got to be a, there's, there's a difference between being self-compassionate and self-pity. Uh, it's just different. It's different. And I could talk to myself gently and kindly. Let's say I got laid off of work today. Uh, I, I can say it in a way where I don't feel sorry for myself, but rather I understand this is definitely hurtful. And I understand it's going to take a little bit of time to adapt to this change, but I know it will get better. I know the next endeavor will be even funner and better for me. Eventually, it'll be for my highest good. You see how that kind of ended up into something that's encouraging and it moves forward, right? Uh, but self-pity only, self-blame, self-pity just gets you to a rotten place emotionally and you will stay there for a long while, long while. It's almost addictive to many people to stay in self-pity or self-victimizing stance. So I hope this helped for you today because it sure as heck a good help for me to stay out of self-pity neighborhood. I even give myself a few minutes. I, cool, but today, <laughs> today I can do it 
by being compassionate to myself rather than just going into self-pity. I'm, it, it's just, I know it's a dangerous location to be in a place of self-pity. So I don't bother going to that neighborhood. I can kind of scoot by it real quick and like, okay, all right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, this is pretty rough. This is not what I expected the outcome to be. Yes, it looks pretty bad or it, it looks, uh, you know, sad or uh, whatever the case is. Whatever the outcome that may be negatively perceived, eventually you're going to hear me say something about it that is for my highest good. I've already trained that and conditioned it with my, within my mind and it makes my life so much more open, open. I don't stay too long in the downs and I don't really need to go very far up. It's like nice and, and, and mellowed, right? And I deal with life as it comes. I don't try to make things happen or push and push and push. I just kind of go with it. I kind of go with it. So letting things fall apart has helped me become so peaceful on the inside. And that's what this journey is all about, is making peace within yourself because you also become of service to others while you're doing that. You also inspire others when you're doing that as well. And you are available to others that you love and that you want to be present for and with in this journey. And I don't want you to miss out on any of that. Please let things fall apart. Let Make it part of your language. Listen to this episode as many times as you like when shit goes really sour in your life. I need you to really listen to this over and over again. It's going to be okay. Whatever you're looking at that looks really, really bad, it's going to be fine. Let it fall because whatever foundation you're going to build next is going to be even better. I sometimes have to be shaken out of place that I felt so comfortable in for so long. I have to be shaken out of that place and because I've also, I've calcified <laughs> myself emotionally, physically in that place and I don't want to get out of it. I'm just like happy whether, whether it's in a really shitty relationship, really bad job. Like I could, I could sit there and, and calcify myself in there. But I, I know today that the shakeup, although I don't like I need, I need it today in my life. Can't live without it. I even expect it. As I'm not shocked at it. It doesn't surprise me uh, if something doesn't come out as expected. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope this was helpful to you guys. And I will be continuing to reflect on what the what what I need to be sending out next. But if you do have any suggestions, please let me know. You can email me at T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8888 at gmail.com. I get so excited when I see your emails. I do. I do. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, and I usually return them in a prompt way uh, because I know that it takes a lot for people to write and put themselves out there to a stranger. So I feel honored that you do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm here to be of service in whatever way I can, uh, as long as I can. I'm sending you love and light. And like Khalil Gibran says, your anxiety doesn't come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. This has been an episode of Drive Through.